0: You are now listening to The Soul & Wonder Podcast, episode 54, Money Mindset with Joe Williams. Welcome to The
1: Soul & Wonder Podcast, where the conduits of the body, depths of the mind, and atlas of the soul are explored with devotion. Through cultural exchange, Christopher and Sarah and their guests will deliver sacred wisdom from around the globe, uncovering the hidden gems of conscious living and holistic healing. All to empower
2: you on your journey of self-discovery. And now, here are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah. Welcome to the Soul & Wonder podcast. We are your hosts, Sarah and Christopher.
0: Hello, everybody. I hope everybody is doing fantastic.
2: We sure are. We are a month settled into our new home in Boston. And we are loving this place. There's so much to do, so much fun to be had. We've already made friends We just love it.
0: We do. It's just been great to settle into a new home and new community and just establish all the beautiful and wonderful connections this human experience has to offer.
2: Yes, but... We want to just dive right into this episode because we think money mindset is one of the most important things for people to break through and learn to refine it to use to their advantage, right? And so we brought on a leading expert, Joe Williams, who is an internationally known speaker, strategic expert, and consultant who has spoken to tens of thousands of people around the world. Through his personal experience as an entrepreneur and as a top performing salesperson, Joe has developed a worldwide reputation for his ability to electrify audiences and move them to action. As founder of the Creative Performance Group, he helps people get their message out to the world in the most powerful way possible, and he created the Speakers Bootcamp over 15 years ago, which is an intensive training that's created hundreds of other successful speakers, coaches, consultants, and authors. So why are we talking to Joe about money mindset? Well, Joe's career started in financial services as a top performing salesperson with one of the largest insurance firms in the world. Joe then launched a consulting company to the financial services industry. His largest client went on to become one of the most successful firms of the 90s. He then became a passionate student of personal and professional development techniques He used these concepts to launch and build a new company into a cutting edge telecommunications giant with over 5,000 salespeople worldwide. And it went public when Joe was only 26 years old. So in 1991, Joe was introduced to Anthony Robbins. I'm sure many of you are very familiar with Tony's work. Well, Joe began working as a trainer with Mr. Robbins and was quickly promoted to master trainer then began speaking and conducting seminars as a lead speaker. Currently, he is senior head trainer and an instructor at Mr. Robin's Wealth Mastery Leadership Academy, Date with Destiny, and Business Mastery, as well as the European instructor for his Power to Influence business seminar. Joe has done a lot of stuff, and his work has led him to consult with companies in a diverse number of fields, such as financial services, aerospace, retail business, internet and software, direct sales, publishing, entertainment, and the federal government. Joe's trained over 300,000 people and is responsible for helping his clients create over $50 billion in new business. So, Essentially, he's the man to go to for this topic, money mindset.
0: Yes, and we are going to dive in deep in this one. So we get into Joe's story, how he got started just at age 20, getting involved and working with Tony Robbins' team, and how he got to where he is today.
2: And money, 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 the common limiting beliefs that come along with it that people have that limit our ability to succeed financially.
0: And embracing the paradox of life and learning how to navigate it with balance, curiosity, and resourcefulness to inspire conscious action, bringing in more abundance of money.
2: And of course, we're going to get into the topic of the law of attraction and how to ensure you're awake to see the opportunities already surrounding you. And we're definitely not going to leave you without tools you can use starting today to shift your money mindset.
0: Yes, and that pretty much concludes that, and we are super stoked to get into this interview because we really think you're going to enjoy this one.
2: It's one of our favorite topics, and of course, stay tuned to the end of the episode for your health tip. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, we're super excited to have Joe Williams on the podcast. We've been looking forward to this for a few months now. We finally got this aligned. It is
1: perfect timing.
2: How are you, Joe? Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Doing awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Really appreciate it and uh, looking forward to it awesome.
2: Awesome. Wonderful. Well, we'll just dive right in. I'd like to hear a little bit more about you. You know, having having been the senior head trainer and an instructor at Tony Robbins Wealth Mastery, Leadership Academy, Date with Destiny, Business Mastery, as well as the Power to Influence Business Seminar, among many other things that you've accomplished <laughs> outside of that. You've essentially, you're essentially continuously steeped in purpose, direction, financial wellness, and change making. So how... It- did your life transpire to get to where you are today with such power of influence
1: well um number 1 i started really young as you uh, uh probably can can tell i'm i'm not 70 yet although uh, there are mornings i guess i get up that i kind of feel like i might be approaching it <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know i started really young uh in the whole world of uh what you might call personal development uh, spiritual work uh, personal transformation work however you want to look at it and you know i had the good fortune pretty early on when i was uh 20 21 years old of getting introduced to tony uh through a friend actually i was i can say and he knows the story he I think it's hysterical. Uh, I was not a fan when I was first exposed to his work. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I I read his first book, Unlimited Power, and uh, at the time thought to myself, wow, this guy takes longer to say, don't worry, be happy, than any human I've ever met in my life. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, through a weird twist of events, though, I went to one of his live events and then went back and, and volunteered on the volunteer staff. And he and I got introduced to each other very early on. Uh, We became friends, and um, honestly, for the first several years uh, after that, that was really the primary uh, uh, inter-exchange that we had. We were just really good friends, and we hit it off. I was on his early international teams that went out and so forth. And then when he started expanding and and looking to have others uh, in his place kind of take his message and his events out, I was one of the kind of people who was there from the very beginning. And so I was who he looked to. And, um, so I have to also credit just <laughs> Providence and, um, you know, the, 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 grace from some power higher than myself of being in the right place at the right time to a certain extent as well. And, um, you know, then re- jumped on those opportunities and, and seized it in addition to everything else that, uh, I've had the good fortune of doing in life.
0: And how long was, uh, Tony doing his thing before you got on board? Oh my gosh. So I went to my first event with him in
1: 1990. So when wow. I was 20 years old. Yeah. And he, at that point had been pretty big for, I'm going to guess, 78 years at the minimum. Um, the unlimited power book had hit right before that. And he had a huge bump uh, because of that. And um, so I kind of came just as the ties were really uh, uh, picking up for him
0: awesome.
2: That's incredible. I mean, you've got a lot of uh, milestones and things underneath your belt. You know, what are, what are you sort of up to nowadays?
1: Well, the primary thing I do now is, well, let me back up for a moment. So I gave you the short course on kind of, you you know, my time uh, with, with Tony and without going into any further detail on that, you know, when I started speaking for him, I am not a, uh, shall we say, gifted public speaker, even though it's been my profession now for 20 years. uh, I'm not a gifted speaker from birth myself. It's something that I had a really, really tough road uh, to learn. I was painfully shy when I was in my late teens, early 20s. It's a skill I knew I needed. um, And I went and took the normal courses that you hear about, uh, Toastmasters, Dale Carnegie, things Mm -hmm. like that. And um, they were interesting, but I ended up just kind of taking a very difficult road of learning how to speak, which was trial and error. I don't recommend that for anyone. (laughs) It's a very (laughs) painful road. I was, I was probably six or seven years of kind of beating my head against a wall before I really ever felt like I was getting anywhere on that front. So after I got on the other side of it, I started realizing, you know, I can short circuit that for people and I can, Help anybody, whether it be someone who's never spoken before, has a real fear of it and so forth, help them overcome that in a couple of days of really focused coaching. Or if it's somebody who is already good and they just want to become world class uh, and they want to shape their message, because I believe we each have a message, we have a gift uh, that if we're called upon to give to the world, and when you have that calling, I I feel like people know it. Uh, Do you know what I mean? There's 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 a something from within that uh, my clients tend to have that brings them forward to say, you know, I have these gifts. I want to share it with the world. I want to do it in a big way. And I want to be compelling and I want to be able to impact people's lives uh, when I do it. So I work at this point uh, strictly with people who are in that position, um, business people as well, who just want to be really great communicators uh, when they're called upon for industry events, trade shows, publicity, things like that. And um, that's, that's everything that I do for right now, at least.
0: Well, you you definitely, uh, you know, you said you was by trial and error, but you definitely had to go through the ringer to be able to teach the things that you now know. So it is also um, something I'm sure you're grateful for, for doing, had, had, you know, gone through all of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, my, what's that old saying, you know, if you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. And I just, I (laughs) guess I I had the good fortune of, I have the good fortune of being uh, dumb or tough, whichever way you want to look at it <laughs> uh, in the early days. So yeah, I stuck with it and, and learned some amazing, amazing lessons that hopefully uh, as part of our time together here today, I can do my part in, in sharing those and and, uh, and make a difference in somebody else's quality of life as the gifts that I, as a result of the gifts I was given.
0: Yeah, that would be wonderful, but um, we'll take a little different angle at the moment, and, and let's see if we can dive into what I know our listeners are either really uncomfortable or really excited to hear about, and that is money. So yeah. what do you see as the most common beliefs or attitudes people hold in regards to money?
1: Well, Okay, to, to build on the point that you just made, first and foremost, that's incredibly on point as far as people. Uh, a lot of people are really uncomfortable with the topic. you know, we always used to say it's it's one of the few subjects in life that um, you know is measurable, honestly. Um, you know you start talking about the amount of money, uh, abundance, prosperity that we're able to create or lack thereof, the amount of scarcity that we may we may be experiencing. And one of the things that we're faced with is we do have to come face to face with it. uh, And especially then if we bring others into the conversation, there's the fear that, well, you know, they're going to judge me because of how much I have or don't have or whatever the case may be. The only other area of life that's kind of that same way, um, honestly, I I think is really our our weight and issues like that. It's one of the reasons that's so touchy. It is so measurable. Um, And so wealth in abundance, prosperity, or lack thereof, scarcity, limitation, Really comes down to eighty percent of it is your mindset. Eighty percent of it's your psychology, your beliefs. Uh, only twenty percent is really the, the strategies or tactics that one chooses to use. Now, that being said, you know in the old days when I used to teach that at Wealth Mastery, that was sixty percent of the event. That <laughs> it took the time to teach the the strategies of wealth creation and the tactical pieces for debt elimination and investing and all. You know, starting companies, real estate, or property investing, all the things that come along with those. It takes the time, but you can't ever lose sight of the fact that 80% of the game is mindset-based. It's, it's belief and psychology-based. Only 20% really is what you do. And we can talk about both of those things if you'd like.
2: Well, and how would you say that societal conditioning comes into play in regards to people's ability to open up to even the idea of building wealth?
1: Yeah. I really believe, and this is going to go really, (laughs) really deep and uh, quickly here. Uh, I really believe that we all were born into a state, a natural state of abundance, a natural state of prosperity, a natural state of richness uh, as infants. And we then go to work kind of unlearning, if you will, that, or probably better said, we go to work learning what ends up becoming the beliefs, the ideals the the value systems and so forth of limitation of lack of you know quote unquote hard work and the root of all evil being money, and all of the different things we learn as as children from our parents from uh, from institutions that were around schools, churches, things like that, the single biggest influence I think for most of us is our parents mm-hmm. uh, and I really kind of through my years I found that people tend to be a reflection of one of two things, either number one, they got really great and empowering uh, and by the way, this tends to be the <laughs> minority of the population. they got really great empowering beliefs and and, and, and ways of being relationships with money from a very early age. And they continue that throughout their life. The other type of people that I find are those of us that had just the opposite. Mm -hmm. So we end up being driven very much. In fact, in my case, I was driven very much by doing the opposite of what I saw my parents doing because I knew I did not want to have a life like they had had. And so, um, you know, whatever path you end up taking uh, you know, dragging those, as we talked about, those beliefs that sack, if you will, of of uh, of limitations or of abundance of our relationship of prosperity uh, with money and 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 finances and all things abundance related, um, you know, dragging those then forward and and uh, and never really looking at them or if, if people do look at them uh, sometimes because it is very measurement based. They can tend to be a little um, uh, uh, touchy or, or or try to justify their beliefs and so forth. And this is an arena that doesn't really um, reward us for justifying our beliefs. What it reward, exactly. rewards is having beliefs, having a mindset, having a psychology that is very focused on – Abundance, richness, prosperity, and everything you can create as opposed to living from a place of lack and limitation.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you touched yeah. on this a little bit in your explanation just there, but I'm curious, what would you say are the most common negative beliefs people cling to so tightly in regards to their relationship with money?
1: Well, I think... As we sit here in you know 2018, 2017, 2018, wherever uh, we, it is, this finds you, uh, whatever year you listen to this in the future, um, you know we live at a time now more than ever, certainly even more than 10 years ago, where uh, the old uh, belief system of, for instance, get good grades throughout high school and then go to a college and just simply, uh, you know, get that education, that college education, that certificate, and that's going to be enough to carry you forth into the world to get a, a great job and, and so forth. Those um, those old belief systems and, and paradigms are being exploded now more than ever. Uh, I kind of had the uh, the interesting good fortune, if you will, of not only not going to to college and having to figure out, figure out an alternative path, but I actually never. Um, there's a a lot of people know this, but I never finished high school. I actually had to leave high school a year early. Yeah. Um, through my parents, uh, unfortunately were, they were both ministers. Uh, they did not like paying their taxes very much. And so when I was 15 years old, they both got uh, put in prison. And so I left high school a year early to be able to support my sister and I, who was a few years younger than me. And, um, I think that gave me an alternative view of the world as a whole, uh, from a very young age, because I had to figure out, you know, with the lack of this thing that even back then in the early nineties was a lot more important than I think it even is today for young people, uh, without that college education, without that piece of paper, uh, you know, beside my name to go forth into the world, I had to create entirely new pathways and roads, uh, for myself and, and, um, I think a commitment to doing that and not being limited by one of the biggest things I see people that holds them back to answer your question is just using excuses from their past Mm -hmm. as reasons for limiting themselves in the present. And we all know that life does not have to be that way. We don't have to do it yet. Many of us just get on autopilot and that's our default.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. And
1: I I think not being aware of one's own, not being self-aware enough, to be face to face, come face to face, and face them down. Those limitation, those default mechanisms that we have, um, that's where people get caught up in the in the traps of, um, you know, using their past as an excuse for where they are today, and 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 blame and so forth. Um, when in fact, just facing those things down, staring them down, and, and pushing through them, and figuring out a way around them, or Holding, If you decide they're appropriate and you want to hang on to them, proudly owning them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they're, you know, sometimes people get into a, a situation where they start to question everything, especially on a spiritual path. Um, I know if, I did this myself, and I see people do it all the time. They get onto a spiritual path and question everything uh, from their path and everything that makes them who they are. When there are some things that we need to latch onto and own. Because mm-hmm. there are our, our own uniqueness, they're own, they're your, your, your uh, own unique gifts, and uh, things that, that you're probably meant to be and own in this world, and, and uh, uh, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater that way, uh, certainly in relationship with money, uh, when you're on a spiritual path. Not questioning everything to the point that um, you, know, you, you don't own that which is valuable in the world
0: hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very well said. And I think a lot of times we get caught up as humans, um, playing the role as the victim. And yeah. as you said before, kind of using that blame and blaming others for the circumstances that they find themselves in. And, you know, we did ta- touch on uh, the conditioning by our parents and things like that. And, you know, obviously subconsciously we take those things on, but then it takes the courage to go back through those subconscious beliefs and dig through the muck and really try to come out on top. And however you do that, whether that's hiring a coach or whether you're doing the inner work, every- every single day using self-help books or whatever, but that work is necessary for you to be able to transmute these limiting beliefs and to be able to come out really on top of this.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, most people forget that we used to teach this at at wealth mastery. I did learn this from Tony decades ago, but you know, your single greatest resource in life and in the world is not time. uh, It's not money. uh, It's not, you know, as I alluded to, not to bash the uh, <laughs> the normal um, educational route that people take, but it's not, you know, a, a degree or anything like that. Your greatest resource always in life is your resourcefulness.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: single most important resource that any of us have is our creativity, our commitment, our resolve, our perseverance, all the things that make up what one would consider your resourcefulness, being resourceful in the world. And you know, they also forget that the, I mean, the key to making more money, if you want to make more money, that the singular answer is very simple. Add more value, mm-hmm. create more value in the world. That is how you get rewarded financially, uh, in, in, in our society, especially if you work for yourself and especially in the line of work that we're in, you know, you're in, I'm in what I call the impact uh, industry. We impact people's lives, be it through a podcast, be it through speaking, through live events, through coaching, uh, you know, whatever methodology we use, we're in the business of impacting lives. And so when, if we're not adding value, if we're not creating breakthroughs and transformations for people, uh, then that's going to severely limit our ability to, uh, uh, you know, to earn uh, in the world as well. So major key, uh, key uh, most important resources are resourcefulness and the key to making more money is add more value to core belief principles that you've got to adopt to uh, to have a life of abundance and prosperity.
2: Absolutely, I couldn't have said it better myself. You know, I think that another one of the things that people really stumble on is worthiness of yes. of feeling that they're not only worthy of having these things, but some people, they I know for myself in for an example, one of my major abundance blockages was that I felt like. If I had money, that meant someone else didn't. And who am I to say that I should have that and they shouldn't? And, you know, so receiving gifts from people or receiving financial aid from people was difficult for me because it meant that they were lacking if they had given me something. And it was this huge realization that I realized, like, where is this unworthiness coming into play? And it took a lot of personal responsibility and honesty to say, why am I feeling unworthy to accept something that someone wants? Wants to give. And, you know, this, because you're talking about abundance that comes in forms of everything, either you have abundance of something or you have an abundance of lack of something. And so, you know, being able to say, I want more abundance in my life. It's like abundance of what? Do you want more abundance of what you feel you already have, which is scarcity? Or do you want more abundance of positive, life-nourishing things? And if so, check your worthiness meter. Where are you feeling unworthy and diving into those places? And it takes so much courage because to even admit that you feel you're unworthy on a subconscious level and bringing that to light is so scary.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge, huge, uh, believer in and fan of, uh, whether you call it the law of attraction, whether you call it, um, you know, the, the the invisible unseen forces that are at play that have our back and are on our side, I think is something that a lot of people don't give due credit to now. Don't get me wrong you know good old fashioned hard work digging in and and doing the things that are necessary in the world i believe that is equally as valuable mm-hmm. but to turn our back on and or ignore or forget that there are these there are these undeniable call them what you want to call them call it god call it spirit call it the universe call it whatever you want to call it um you know it's pretty undeniable there are unseen forces that are working with us and or i guess you know, you could go so far as to say working against us. I don't choose to personally try to focus on that a whole lot in my life. I like to look for where where are these forces supporting me? Where are those mm-hmm. forces? You know, where are they on my side? Where when do they have my back? Um, you know, and 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 using that to acknowledge, as you said, you know that I'm worthy and that the opportunities. I think when you really own that worth, that worthiness, that self worth um, you begin to see all the opportunities that are actually around to be seized. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure, um, you guys are familiar with, with Esther Hicks, a real Mm -hmm. good friend of the family, uh, of ours is, um, her work, you know, as Abraham for really since the mid nineties, I've, I've followed her work and uh, she's very good friends of, of, as I said, of the family. And, um, you know, that she the, she did a, a, a strong set of work for a period of time on the art of allowing. Yes. Uh, you know, one of the missing pieces in the law of attraction is freaking allowing that, <laughs> those <laughs> gifts that are right in front of us. Yet out of our sense of lower self-worth, as you pointed out, Sarah, and, you know, out of sometimes our thoughts of limitation and of lack, we can tend to ignore those gifts and those opportunities that are all around us. I remember there was a study done, I believe in the 1990s, that said that the average American was walking past three opportunities to become a millionaire every single month.
2: Wow. Now, not how
1: they quantified that. I don't know how they that study came about. Um, uh, maybe it was, uh, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not even sure how you quantify that. But I found it very interesting, and I think there is some truth to it. Uh, You know, whether you follow the science on it or not, I think it's an empowering thing as well, just to believe. And that's one of the big things to realize about your beliefs around money and abundance and prosperity is you don't weigh those beliefs on the scale of right and wrong necessarily. I like to say you weigh your beliefs around money, prosperity, abundance, or scarcity limitation. You weigh those beliefs on the scales of empowering or disempowering. Mm -hmm. Not am I right or am I wrong? That's really here and there. The real question is when it comes to my beliefs around money, when it comes to my beliefs around wealth and richness and abundance, prosperity, are my beliefs empowering me or are they disempowering me? That's really the scale to weigh those things on. And if they're disempowering, you look at how can I scramble them out and adopt a new belief in its place and condition that belief into myself. That's kind of the game.
0: Mm. Yes, very well said. And, and and to kind of touch on the law of attraction a little bit. So you had yeah. we had talked about worthiness, one ingredient. We had talked about hard work, another ingredient, all playing a part of law of attraction. But I think also, if we're following our passion, we're following our excitement and our curiosity, our intuition, all of that, the universe is going to, or whatever you want to call it, is going to align to support us in that exact mission. And so to step out of our way, to have faith, to surrender, and also to think and feel about being in a certain situation or the certain thing that you want is so important of aligning those two things. And, um, you know, we obviously are very familiar with Esther Hicks work and then also most recently reading a lot of, uh, are you familiar with Dr. Joe Dispenza and his yes. work as well? Yes. And so that's, you know, all of that mixed together is all going to make for an abundant life.
2: (laughs) Well, it's like what you said, Joe, the allowing, you know, the everything is already synchronistically happening. It's whether or not we are paying attention to the right pathways that are in alignment with our core essence and our soul's mission and you know divine nature and it's like if we can just wake up I, I can't remember the exact quote I'll have to put it perhaps in the show notes but it's like it's talking about a zen monk communicating with a student and the student essentially is asking the zen monk like well why are you teaching me all these things if you said I can't control everything you're teaching me a paradox and the zen monk is like i'm teaching you to be awake for when the sun rises it's yes. not i'm making i'm teaching you how to make the sun rise i'm teaching you to be awake for when it rises and that
1: well, yo go ahead go ahead i apologize
2: oh you're fine i was saying that. that to me is like the epitome of allowing of making sure that we are aware to receive it like you had said earlier
1: It's so that what you just said is so well put for so many reasons. One of them being, you know, you mentioned paradox, for instance, being awake to be able to be with that, which seems it at opposites with each other, Mm -hmm. but to realize that life is our ability to relate to paradox, our success, our, uh, peace to a large extent, our, um, uh, uh, giving of, 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 of life is in very strong part, our ability to be with and relate to seemingly opposites to paradoxes, because yes, at the same, you know, I know it's become very in vogue to kind of, you know, for one side to trash the other, when it comes down to the law of attraction versus hard work paradigms, for instance, that's a great example of, to, of a paradox that needs to come you need to come to parity with you need to come to peace with that they both can coexist at the same time simultaneously, they can both be equally true, equally necessary, and equally valuable at the same time. It is not one or the other and so the paradox of you know do i do I meditate and visualize and create vision boards? Versus the people that say, "Oh, you can sit around and you know stare at the navel in your in your belly button, you know, all day long, but you're <laughs> not going to make any money from doing that." It's about hard work and it's about getting out there and taking your lumps and and, and making your way in the world and blah blah blah. It's about both, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there's so many things at play here. For instance, you know, you start looking at law of attraction and like you like you said, um, Sarah, you know, when you are are through your Uh, old programming or your self-worth issues and things, you maybe aren't realizing all the gifts and things that are available to you at any point in time, you know, if you want to boil this down to hard science, boil this down to hard science, law of attraction, if that don't help you understand it better, here's the science. Studies show that the average or that our subconscious mind, I should say, is at least 30,000 times more powerful than your conscious mind. Some of the newest studies say 64,000 times more powerful. Let's just say it's 30,000 times. Mm -hmm. So, what that means is, I've got an invisible army. I always say to people, you know, how many of you know yourselves to be incredibly capable, able, strong, competent people? The truth is, you have no freaking clue what you're really (laughs) capable of because you only know that which is conscious to you Mm -hmm. of your own abilities, your own skills, your own gifts. You only know what you're conscious of. There's at least 30,000 more of you. That's like a silent army marching with you every second of every day, even when you're asleep, that you could put to work by charging that army of 30,000 with the images, with the thoughts of what it is that you want to attract, looking for those three opportunities a month to make a million dollars, that that study pointed to. Um, You know, when you you bring in not just the – the more esoteric explanations of the law of attraction, but you bring in the science of the unconscious mind and charging that up, uh, you can really start to understand how how powerful some of these things can be. And they're not going to replace then the good old-fashioned hard work that you and, and out of your love, you know, Christopher, as you pointed out, you know, out of your love for your mission and living from a place of doing what you love and so forth, you're going to be more attracted to put in the time and the hard work in that area because you love doing it.
2: Thank you for wording that the way that you did because you summed up everything that Chris and I have been feeling a lot lately. Because some people take this duality approach. We're like, well, no, you can't have one with, you know, you can't have this and say you do the other. And what about this and all the nuances in between? But when it all comes down to it, it's you are awake to seize the opportunity and become resourceful with what is given to you, what's already there. You're not even necessarily attracting anything to you, you're awakening to what's already there and using. It to your advantage because you're aware of the fact that it's there, and it's just.
1: And and again, just to jump on that for a second, uh, Sarah. You know,
2: if you've come from that place of belief
1: in your life you know, does it really matter whether that's right or wrong?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Now we get back to what I was talking about earlier with, you don't weigh your beliefs on those scales around money, around finances, around the subject matter. You weigh it on what empowers you. And, you know, you can hear from your voice as you talk about it. You know, that idea in and of itself excites you. Mm -hmm. It juices you up, you know, it, it, it brings energy, uh, to this conversation and that's what you're looking for. So, um, very, very well said.
2: Absolutely. And what would you say to people who might be listening to this and they're like, well, but you don't understand my situation. Um, You know, I'm just I've got just situation after situation piling up. I'm drowning in debt and I just, you know, essentially blaming the external circumstances. What would you say to them?
1: Uh, I would say, um, number one, I get it. Uh, none of us are perfect. Um, you know, uh, I've had the good fortune of being around literally hundreds of thousands of people through my years, my years speaking on my own, my years with Tony, uh, my years in working in the corporate world, uh, who, you know, hundreds of thousands of people who face down all sorts of circumstances and obstacles. But here's what I know that probably doesn't do you any good right now as the person listening to this, the only thing it's going to do any of us, you, I, anybody, um, any real benefit in the face of those insurmountable feeling obstacles is getting very, very, very clear with ourselves about who we want to be, who we are committed to being and the, either the light or the darkness that I believe we're committed to being in the face of, uh, Those circumstances, because I think we all know rationally and logically that our circumstances do not uh, determine our ultimate destiny in life yet. I get it when you're facing the bills in the face and the money isn't in the account or when you are. Uh, facing down the lawsuit or the, you know, the business looking like it made bankrupt or your dream not coming to fruition financially as quickly as you would like it to, um, you know, beginning to, to take a look at it and, and, and really say, OK, let me take a deep breath. Let me stare down that which seems to be uh, insurmountable in my world. Mm-hmm. And just chunk it down to the next hour, the next day, the next minute. What? How do I do? What's the next right thing for me to do? I like that. What's the next right thing? Sometimes, uh, years and years ago when I was a younger man, I used to be very into uh, ultra endurance running and adventure racing and, and and things like that. And I remember there were times when we'd been awake, you know, maybe on an hour's sleep over the course of three days. Um, where all I could do was put one foot in front of the other just to keep moving forward. Life is very much that way. Mm. You know, life is an endurance game. It's not a sprint. And a lot of people, when they certainly when they get into their passion of following a new endeavor or their bliss, we can treat it like it's a sprint. And when the finish line doesn't come as quickly as we want it to, and we're, our legs are starting to burn, and we're starting to get tired, there are some times where the right thing to do is to quit running, And to go down to a crawl and just keep moving forward. What is the next right thing to do in the face of these insurmountable feeling obstacles?
0: Well, you definitely sound like you're speaking right to us. (laughs) There's definitely been times throughout our our business venture and, you know, we're following our excitement and passion. But yeah, it's you're absolutely you hit the nail on the head. And that was a wonderful analogy to be able to just kind of also slow down and reflect on the journey that you've taken thus far and that there are things within that journey, small wins that will continue to propel you forward and to continue for you to put one step. Foot in front of the other, and you will make it there. And it's that perseverance, that courage, that resilience that will ultimately get you there.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I,
1: I oh, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. Oh no,
2: go ahead, Joe. I was just going to add on after that.
1: I just, I think it's one of the greatest gifts that we can take from hard times um, in our lives. I, I only, I guess, you know, relatively late in life in my own spiritual work personally. You know, through a variety of things that I've done, but I remember, for instance, years ago when I first got exposed to Eckhart Tolle's work, mm. uh, it's probably I don't know, 15 years ago now. Um, you know, in the power of now, originally it was, you know, no problem really can exist in the now if 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 you're you've got a roof over your head for the moment, you're taking a breath. You, <laughs> do you know what I mean? If you really chunk down to that level of the now, truthfully being in the moment, no outside obstacle, no perceived challenge that we may have ever exists truthfully in the now when we really are present and seize that moment and the beauty and what's available right in this moment and nothing else, not looking to even a, a minute from now, but being here. When you are fully present and here now, there really is nothing that is insurmountable in the now. It's only in the future or when we reflect back on something that we may perceive as a mistake from our past. um, It's only we live in the future of the past that those problems really exist. So um, yes,
0: (laughs) take a breath. That was that was wonderful.
1: (laughs) Bring in the moment and find that those things tend to evaporate pretty
2: quickly absolutely you know and there's that lesson in sometimes losing it all too I think our fears of of losing oh i'm losing things i'm miss i'm missing something or i'm about to lose it all it's like some of the greatest leaders of our time had lost it all to become who they are today and i know personally some when i thought that i had nowhere else to go and just running out of options and just it that's what motivated me to stop playing the victim and saying okay i can't instead of saying i can't make this work it's how can i make this work I can't afford this or I can't use this option. That to me is just so limiting. When we say, how can I make this work and then be willing to listen to our higher guidance or like what you said, the other forces at large that can help propel us forward. It's, it's, it's just natural unfolding that gets us to where we need to be continuously in the now because the now is all we have. So once again, it's a paradox too, though, if you think about it, everything, there's nothing in life that isn't a (laughs) paradox.
1: Exactly. Exactly. The now is all we have, yet do we not set goals and look to the future? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) The now is all we have, yet do we not learn from our past mistakes and successes? Do you know what I mean? It is. That is, again, a great example, Sarah, a great example of another paradox. You know, I guess the big question is at the end of the day with, uh, you know, like you said, losing it all and, and things like that, when you're faced with that, you know, we've got to take the God perspective in that situation. And because and, who really am I to say? that the right thing for my long-term development and gifts to be given to the world and maybe to transform someone else's life is not as a result of me losing everything.
2: That's quotable. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we got to put that in there. That's quotable.
2: <laughs> That's going on the, the song under Instagram or something quoted by Joe Williams. <laughs> Who
1: am I to say? Who am I to say? Well, you know, it's, it's – uh, it, it, these are the big questions in life and i love having conversations like this that where there's the space for these things
0: god we can have this conversation for the <laughs> remainder of the day if you want <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, for our listeners who are looking for some kind of tangible step, what sure. could you give them to help them improve their relationship with money today so that they can align themselves with more possibilities for financial abundance?
1: So, number one, here's what I would say. Number one, you know, grab a journal, pen and paper, whatever the case is, your iPad, whatever it is, and write down the three to five beliefs, specifically beliefs that you have around money around finances around wealth creation write down those specific beliefs that most limit you three to five that you say you know what this one limits me the most uh uh you know for instance a person may say um I didn't go to college, for instance, for me, when I was young, this is what they were. I can tell you exactly what they were because I remember it and I also taught this for years when I was teaching Wealth Mastery. Number one was, I didn't go to college, I don't have a college degree, I didn't even graduate high school. That was one of my big ones I had to face down early in life. Second one, I'm too young. Remember, like I said, I started out when I was 20, 21 years old, mm-hmm. you know, in the, not just with Tony, but also in the business world. Um, and I was the, uh, uh, had the, the, through a weird twist of events, the good fortune of being able to form a small telecommunications reseller when I was 22 years old with some partners. Um, I was able to, to, to put in some money that I made a little bit of, uh, around the edges of my sales job. I was able to, to, to throw it in there and I became a founder of a company. We went public when I was 26. So I had to face down in my early twenties. I'm too young. I don't have that degree. I don't have that thing. And then the, at the time, which you know, I know you guys are quite a bit younger than I am, but at the time, you know, the threat of nuclear, uh, um, um, absolute nuclear war was something I grew up with in the 80s. And mm-hmm. those of us that were around then can relate to that. And so I had this third belief, which was, well, what does it all matter? Because it all go, could go boom tomorrow anyway. Mm. And so my three beliefs of I don't have the degree, I don't have the college diploma, high school diploma, and so forth, I'm too young. I mean, who's going to give a young guy like me a break? Maybe when I'm 10 years older, maybe then somebody will you know, listen to me. And then the third one was, well, why should I keep pushing? Because it all could blow up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You put those three things together, you got a recipe for disaster personally. Mm-hmm. So then once you've written down your three to five, turn the page over and write down the three to five new beliefs that you want to adopt that are either the antithesis of those old beliefs or... They are something that would eradicate that old belief in some way. So, for instance, number one with me, I don't have the piece of paper. I don't have the degree. I don't have the diploma. My new belief was, thank goodness I didn't go through all that extra schooling that limits all my friends. I see all my friends go in and they just come out even you know, smaller vessels than they went into these institutions. Mm. Thank goodness I don't have that. Second one, I'm too young. Thank goodness I'm so young. That means I got tons of time. I mean, <laughs> if I were ten years further down the road, that'd be ten years I lost. And then the third one of, you know, it all could go boom tomorrow. Okay, sure, Joe, you can take the doomsayer uh, approach to life uh, and and be all goth about this. Or <laughs> you could choose to look forward to the fact that the future always tends to get better through time than the past was. And, you know, obviously, lo and behold, right after I did that, the wall came down in Germany and there were you know all sorts of other things that, that transpired that made the threat of nuclear uh, abominations <laughs> not be quite so, uh, quite so prevalent all the time. And, um, you know, so that was my turnaround personally. Hopefully that'll give an example. So people take those three to five, they, they write down those three to five old ones, Write down the three to five new ones and then go to work conditioning those three to five new ones into your world every single day. Write them down. Put them on your mirror so you see them. Say them over and over again 30 times a day, whatever it is. Go to work looking, though, most importantly, for why those new beliefs are already true. Mm. Mm -hmm. Look for all the reasons why those new empowering beliefs are already true. And you will build more and more and more belief in that new thing.
2: Absolutely, and also looking for the opportunity to practice it yourself and make it even more true in that moment. That was Mm -hmm. something I had to do with my receiving gifts. I had to envision when someone would hand me a gift, whether it was money or a physical object or a service, I had to envision myself seeing what they were seeing, the fulfillment they were getting from giving me the gift because I know what it's like to give and it feels good to give. So I'd have to go through that transaction in my mind and understand the new belief in order to reinvent Force it into my life.
0: Well, and it's funny that we got on this topic. Well, and it was obviously planned before we had talked to you today to talk about this because I think it's a really hot topic that. Everybody should, you know, we'd be discussing here, but Sarah and I have been working through a lot of these abundance blockages for quite some time now. And um, this past couple of weeks, we decided to have a little bit of an experiment and talk about uh, receiving and giving. And so we would practice receiving and giving unconditionally, from unconditionally with, with each, each other. other. And beautiful. And honestly,
2: like took turns, he took the first half of the week, I took the second half of the week and the things that came up, oh my god, the beliefs that didn't we didn't even know we're still there or buried so deep and not just from the receiving, but from the giving and knowing when it's all unconditional and receiving unconditionally.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. That's awesome. That's that's that's. Those little lessons like you're doing, those pragmatic things like that are some of the most important work that your listeners can do as well, um, you know, for facing down and, and transforming their own beliefs in this area.
2: we got to act on it. You know? Yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. And you're right. Yes. Then, then that all being said, what's another thing listeners can do? Any of us can do, especially those of us that are self-employed, you know, like you guys are, like I am, like a lot of your listeners are. Mm-hmm. Um, de- definitive clear goals, for instance, even down specifically to what you want to earn in a year, then track that back to the month. And I personally, for myself and my clients, I track that then back to the week. Wow! So I said, I set a, and, and I will tell you <laughs> natural law. We talked about, you know, greatest resource of resourcefulness and add more value, things like that. Here's another one where performance is measured performance to improve. Mm-hmm. That is truthfully a natural law in, in the universe. Where a performance is measured, it will tend to improve. So uh, by measuring, I just mean setting a specific dollar amount that you want to make in the course of a year, then boiling that down into monthly goals, and then tracking that back even to a weekly goal. I don't necessarily find that it's necessary always to pull it back to a daily goal. But at the if you measure it, the level of weekly... For instance, I'm going to make $5,000 a week or I'm going to make $10,000 a week or I'm going to make $20,000 a week, whatever the number is. And you go to work you know, Sunday night, Monday morning, putting things into place to meet that goal every single week from a financial standpoint. That is a very pragmatic thing that any of us can do, especially if we're self-employed.
2: And I think um, to add on to that real quickly before I lose this yeah. thought, Joe, is to be willing to open your mind to seizing the different opportunities you maybe would not have normally been aware of. Like, so, yes. so having the goals, having a strategy, but being willing to look outside of that strategy when necessary. Pivot being and pivot. flexibility.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%
2: mm-hmm.
1: agree. agree.
2: Because I think sometimes people get so stuck in their own way that they think something has to be done a certain way and then they close off all the other opportunities. And
0: what about the last part of Law of Attraction we may not have touched on? Don't question the how. You know, and we, right. th- that went back to the surrender and faith, but don't question the how. We don't always know how it's going to work. It doesn't matter how it's going. You're supported, and it will work out. And it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I mean, our minds conjure up all these things of how things can work, but it, that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Totally. Totally. And that's one reason to stay focused on the what being so tangible is down to, what for instance, a dollar amount. Um, you know, it's, it's not a, a lot of people don't like looking at that level of precision, that level of measurement. Uh, my two cents worth would be, uh, hold yourself to that level of measurement and you will find that miracles tend to show up and happen where they were not otherwise.
2: I'm going to take that bit of advice too.
0: Sure thing. <laughs> Let,
2: let's start getting focused on our weekly goals. There. I like that. I like
0: that. We got our checks written out for each year, so we're, we're getting started on that.
1: <laughs> nice, nice. And when you lay out those dollar amounts, guys, by the way, um, sure, all of us have our pie in the sky, ultimate, if, you know, end all, be all goal, yes. I also like to pull back from that a little bit for myself personally and for my clients. We pull back from that a little bit to, uh, uh, what, but what would you be really happy with? Mm-hmm. And know that number as well.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. I like that.
1: And be and be at peace with and own if you can create that number, that really happy number. Not the end all, be all. Not the you know, uh, you know. I remember for years I had on my vision board. I had I, I, every year I'd write myself a check for ten million dollars. And you know, lo and behold, in the in the normal year that would not come to pass. Let's just put it that way. Yet. <laughs> inevitably my really nice, my really happy goal, I always meet that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I like and, that. And I just, I just own it, and Allison, my wife, and I just own it, and we revel in having that which we're really happy with, even if it's not the end-all be-all.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And finding joy in the unfolding of the process because yes. it's all a journey.
0: Yep, yep. Oh, man, this was an invigorating and just empowering conversation. I really, really enjoy your perspective on these things. And I'm sure there's so many more topics that we can really (laughs) dig into considering your expertise and wisdom that you've gained from over the years. But um, let's touch on what's in store for you um, in the next little while here. And are there any event dates or services you'd like our listeners to know about?
1: Sure, sure, yeah, as I said in the as we started this this conversation, my work right now, at least in my life, where I'm drawn to, where Allison and I are drawn to and and where we are making the most impact and so forth, is with people who are um you know coaches, authors, speakers, or wanna be in that world, uh, the impact economy for lack of a better way of putting it uh where you know. Our our livelihood is all about transforming others' lives. If if that's you and you want to be part of that, those are the type of people we work with. Uh, on a very very limited basis. Um, first of all, most of our work is either one on one or with very small groups, under ten people in size. I don't do anything anymore that like I used to that are you know thousand person rooms and so forth. I like to work more deeply with individuals. Mm. So that is everything that we do, be it the, through the, uh, master your message bootcamp of a, a three day course that we do with, um, less than 10 people. When we do that, we usually do that two or three times a year. Um, or when we work one-on-one, uh, with people either in a two day intensive format, or in some cases we'll work with people who are in the industry over the course of a year, uh, to really get them out there and get their foothold established and so forth in the, in the impact industry. So speakers, coaches, authors, uh, consultants, uh, in some cases, business owners. So they already have a business. They just want to be more impactful communicators, uh, when they're called upon to speak or when they're in the media and press and so forth, um, those are the ways we work. The Master Your Message Boot Camp uh, a couple of times a year in three-day format, or we work with people one-on-one. They can Any one of your listeners can go to joewilliamsonline.com um, and check out what it is that we're doing. Or if, you know, I'll make this offer. If somebody wants to put together, say, a, put up your iPhone or something like that and shoot a one-minute presentation Telling me about your business, about your vision, about whatever it is that you got going on in life, whatever you're up to, and do it in the form of kind of a formalized presentation to your phone and then email that to me at joe at joewilliamsonline.com. We'll set up a time to talk and I'll spend a few minutes with you and tell you some of the gifts and strengths that I see inside your style and where you could take it and um, maybe what some rough edges are that you could polish off.
2: That's wonderful. You guys are doing such a wonderful thing helping people of influence to increase that power of influence and express their creative flow, which in turn as we all know inspires others to do the same and find their purpose and make that footprint in the world. So thank you so much for everything that you guys are doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. as you guys know, you you guys are a great example of it. You know, when the calling hits um, you know, I really believe that for those that have, you know, the calling to, to impact the world, uh, through work like you're doing and so forth, that th- being the most, the most compelling, the most influential we can be, the most powerful we can be when called forth, um, is, is what we owe the universe, uh, in addition to our heart and our soul in, in living that gift. So, um, thank you for everything you guys are doing. And, and I, I, I love your podcast. I love all your work and just keep it up.
0: Thank you so much, Joe. We really appreciate all of your time today and uh, sharing your, your wonderful message with everybody. And I'm sure we'll be able to do this again at some point soon.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Let me know.
2: What a wonderful topic of discussion. So important too.
0: Yes, much, much needed.
2: So this topic with Joe surrounding money mindset is just one aspect of conscious manifestation, which just means the ability to create your reality with awareness versus unawareness. And this is a topic that Christopher and I hold dearly to our hearts, considering that's essentially what coaching is: is helping you to create your own reality consciously. So your health tip of the episode is we're going to walk you through a visualization technique to help you begin your process of creating your reality consciously. But before that, we want to tell you we have a lot of exciting things coming up around the topic of conscious manifestation, both offered online and in person in the Cambridge area of Boston. And in these opportunities to explore conscious manifestation deeper, you can explore what it means to consciously create your reality so that you can be, in receiving the treasures of the universe and live a life in alignment with your dreams and desires so stay tuned for more information on group coaching programs in person group coaching etc we're diving super deep into this but in the meantime we can give you one step to consciously create your reality and that is visualization So the power of visualization is that it aligns your mental experience with your emotions to create a new state of being, an actual physiological change in your body. And from that state of being, your actions, your emotions, your thoughts will stem forward. So if you've got a bunch of unconscious limiting beliefs, you're operating at an unconscious state of being that's going to create and influence your experiences that you have around you in your life. Why not become the observer? Become conscious of how you create your life. And one step to do this is beginning first and foremost with the mental experience, okay? Now, conscious manifestation requires a whole plethora of steps to break old patterns, cleanse that baggage, and reform and build new ones. But we all have to start with an idea, an intention. And so what we want you to do for a moment is experiment with this. Think of a dream or goal or desire that you you want, but you have yet to attain. And I want you to close your eyes for a moment and step into that mental experience of this dream, goal, or desire as if it has already happened. Maybe, for example, you want to manifest a new home. You've been feeling drawn to move locations, and there are a bunch of reasons why you'd want this new home. I want you to imagine yourself in that experience as if you've already received it. So you're in this new home, you're looking around you, what does it look like? What do you smell? What's happening in the environment? Who's with you? Ask yourself, what would it feel like to be in this new home? Okay, and you want to get as specific as you possibly can. Have fun with the details. This is your imagination process. It can be so much fun when you leave rationality at the door. And allow yourself to steep in the feeling of what it would be like to have this experience happening right now. See where it becomes physical. Where do you notice these sensations in your body? How does that feel emotionally? Right now, if you can feel a physiological change, perhaps you're smiling. If you got a big grin on your face, that's a good clue that it's working. Or you just can feel the energy moving differently through you. Notice where it's at. Is it in your heart, your chest, your stomach? Is it all over, maybe in your head? Wherever it is, there's no right or wrong answer. Just connect with that physical body and hold yourself in that state of being for as long as you possibly can. Enjoy it. Relish in it. Express gratitude for aligning yourself with these experiences. And from each moment forward, you want to continuously enter that state of being so that you it can influence positively your thoughts, your actions, and your emotions to continue to create many experiences that will lead up to the alignment of this big experience of maybe moving into a new home, whatever your dream or desire is. And if you can enter that state of being frequently and often you are one step closer to living the life of your dreams. But like I said there's a lot of stuff that goes in between. You have to you have to dismantle limiting beliefs, make space, you have to learn how to trust, act and allow, strengthen your intuition learn how to act in alignment with what's truly most important to you it's a whole process and christopher and i would love to walk you through that process so stay tuned for more information and we will share these wonderful opportunities with you as they come